On this episode of Talking Schmidt, Joe Lincoln joins me to talk about getting a summer league started in the St. Louis area, and also what it means now to be able to coach his sons, even at the t-ball level. And in our Schmidt break, Justin Kleiner joins me. We're talking a little Colin Kaepernick. Go ahead, buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride on this episode of Talking Schmidt. Welcome in, everyone, to episode 11 of Talking Schmidt. I am joined by a very good friend of mine. Um, it seems like every guest I have, as I always say, is someone very special or important in my life. This guy is truly that. Uh, I got to meet him while I was in college at Austin P. He was coaching there. Um, we became instant friends over a love of Shawn Michaels. So if you're a professional wrestling fan, this guy and I, we became friends because we had the same like collection of Shawn Michaels DVDs, but he is an amazing guy. Uh, he is a great coach. He's a great leader. Uh, one of my closest friends. He was in my wedding party with me as well. His wife and my wife are best friends. Uh, I don't know if I can give any more of a resume here, Joe, but Joe Lincoln, my guest here. Joe, thank you so much for joining me, man. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. And yes, the uh, it was it was instant friendship. Uh, you know, with you know our wives, Katie and Callie, were always good friends and. Uh, I remember when I first started dating Katie, like, you know, we got introduced and it was like instantly there was just chemistry. It was like, okay, you know, you know, no matter what, we were going to be friends uh, moving forward. So it's been a good relationship and good friendship. And yeah, man, like it's, uh, it's good to talk to you. I hope I've been going well. It's been, it seemed like it's been a while. I know, man. It's been so, uh, it's been a crazy transition from, you know, as you know, when I was in Joplin, just working nonstop with uh, sports and sports broadcasting and, and really no, no time to do anything, which then has now turned into me now being back home, being out of sports broadcasting. Um, and still, I feel like I'm going every single day, and I know you're going every single day because uh, as a baseball coach right now, you're at Missouri State. Uh, that's where you're you're on staff there. And uh, one of the things that normally happens during the summer is summer baseball. We normally have the college leagues and uh, and things like that. Um, you know, on on all areas of the country, we we normally see things like that going on. And I know normally you coach uh, uh you coached past in, in Cape Cod, places like that. Now this season, because of everything that was going on with the coronavirus, uh, a lot of that was canceled. However, you're trying to keep that dream alive for uh, was it 130 baseball players? Yes, roughly around 130. I was um, I was hired in uh, October to be the manager of a new team in the Prospect League, uh, which is you know in Missouri, Illinois, uh, West Virginia area, um, and uh, we got canceled. They ended up canceling our season, and so me and our GM kind of got to talking, and he you know kind of asked me you know Joe, what do you think? Can we put, can we put a, t a league together? And I was like, well. I mean, I want baseball. I've been, you know, kind of stir crazy since our season got canceled. And me and him kind of collaborated on the situation. And we started with a uh, four-team league in St. Louis. And uh, within about 36 hours, I had to call him back and say, listen, we need to move to six teams. There's so many kids that want in. And so it was uh, pretty quick. Uh, you know, this, only, this happened about two weeks ago. So I've been on the phone constantly uh, like I Today, I was on the phone for about six to eight straight hours at one point in time, just talking to coaches, talking to players, trying to get things lined up. And uh, so uh, we're getting close. We're starting July 1, and I'm still trying to find, you know, the last couple pieces and a uh, couple, uh, you know, pitchers for the league. But uh, it should be a real good uh, situation, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Just uh, 
try and get back to some sort of uh, you know normalcy with uh, uh, this whole situation and uh, not having as much baseball this spring as we thought. Yeah, it's been. A, I know you've been golfing a lot. Uh, at least that's what Katie told Callie. I don't don't mean to rat you out there, but I know you know you have to do something. You get you don't want to stay inside um, all day every day, especially when it's beautiful outside. So what is uh You talked about kind of the craziness of it. You know, you were telling me a little bit before we went on air here, just like what all you've been having to do and just kind of like finding things. You guys aren't going to have people to actually. Uh, you won't have host parents. Um, so a lot of your players have to be local. How's that been challenge wise for you? It's been a little bit of a challenge just based on the fact that um, some of my original roster that I had was from kids that were out of, out of state or you know out of town, and uh, we weren't able to be able to keep them in the league just because we weren't able to have host families because uh, people weren't you know as willing to open their homes as they normally are. Uh, but in I mean, there's three million people in the St. Louis area, and there's I mean there's a lot of kids, a lot of great players that you know it's it's there's enough players up there to get it. And, um, you know, we're in the process of doing that. Uh, we have a stellar coaching staff for the six teams. Um, you know, I hate to take, you know, I'm not going to take credit for it because I was lucky enough for those guys to just say yes to me. Cause you know, some of them are minor league coaches and things like that, that they're not, you know, they're not out coaching right now. And they got clearance from their, uh, their organizations to be able to, you know, help coach in the league cause they're from the St. Louis area. So it should be a, uh, a real good summer, and, um, you know, we're looking forward to it. But, uh, yes, uh, you are correct. I have been golfing quite a bit. <laughs> uh, Katie, uh, I did. I got the handicap down to below a 10. I was really happy about it. Then I decided to take um, – I didn't take two weeks off, but I basically played like I took two weeks off, so my handicap jumped back up. But I've got a lot of golf in it, but it's, I'm ready to get baseball back going. It's just been that's – just, that's who I am. That's what I want to do, and it's been uh, – Honest, it's been more stressful not having baseball and having a season and having all that to do than it has been to, you know, just be able to relax because, uh, I mean, you know me pretty well. I don't do very well sitting yeah. still and not having anything to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know that you had to be uh, just going crazy um, once the season and I mean, and really the season never really got going. So it was even crazier to think that, you know, um, I know – for you guys, you were about to be on a plane towards uh, Los Angeles. Um, yes. Uh, and then all of a sudden it was like, hey, uh, I don't think we're going to go. But, you know, if some people do want to go, they still can. And then it immediately became, um, you know, nobody can go. What was that like for you uh, kind of going uh, away from the league that you're putting together now and, and for Missouri State and for, you know, those teams, for your players and everybody together and coaches, you know, what was that like initially when you thought, well, maybe we still have a chance and then all of a sudden it's ripped away from you? It was um... – it was it was quite a shock and kind of a crazy you know occurrence. We uh, we had just got done playing our midweek game on a Wednesday, and uh, we had to fly out of Kansas City on Thursday. We were, you know, where we were flying into was one of the areas that they had labeled as a hot zone, and you know you know flying into LAX, it was something at the time that you know you were trying to avoid, and uh, so you know we're waiting to hear, waiting to see what's going to happen. Uh, um, Irvine, um, we're going to play. Uh, university of uh, california irvine and uh, they had already called us and told us they weren't allowing fans in the stands so we had parents that had already booked flights that weren't able to you know get in it was uh you know kind of crazy so we get on the bus and we're heading towards kansas city we got about 45 minutes from kansas city 
And the NBC, uh, which is our conference, Missouri Valley Conference, announcement that, uh, you know, play was suspended. You know, everything was postponed for the moment and for the time being. And so we see that, you know, we get the phone call. We turn the bus around, and it's an hour and 45 minutes back home. Before we had got back to Springfield, they had already canceled the College World Series. And it was just, I mean, you talk about, like, utter shock. You know, you've seen those situations, that, you know, like a last second, you know, you're winning, a last second shot goes in. You see the shock of the team that lost, like, what happened. You know, to see that on all 30 of our players and even our coaches' faces was just kind of like, wait, what happened? We we were leaving this morning, and then we were told, you know, that it's a postponement for now. And it was less than two hours later. Our season was canceled, and there was no answers. We No one had any idea what was going on. And so it was um, – well, the, uh, the experience uh, and, uh, you know, having to talk to the players and then, you know, coming to find out, you know, we're going to get your eligibility back for guys and things like that, that it's going to be kind of tricky for this first year for, you know, every, you know, college team to figure out uh, with roster sizes and all those things that are going to go on. And, uh, but it's, it's good that, you know, some summer ball is back going. Uh, there's a league here in Springfield that's been playing, and it, it's been good to kind of just see guys back out playing, you know, being able to, you know, get on the field, do what they want to do and what they love to do. And uh, you know, I'm just glad we're kind of getting back to normal. Hopefully things stay this way and, uh, you know, we don't have any, you know, reoccurrences where we have to go back into, a, you know, a lockdown situation or anything like that. Yeah, I agree with that because I think there's a, a lot of people who just want to be able to uh... – just get something going, um, and I think we've seen that from a lot of our, a uh, lot of a, uh, just everyone. You know the the amount of people that were you know sitting down watching NASCAR, the uh, you know the amount of people who are watching you know Premier League soccer and Bundesliga soccer, and just watching things that uh, you know ESPN is showing the you know they have results from Korean baseball leagues. Like I mean, just trying to get some sort of love or just some feel something for some of these fans that are uh, big sports fans. But Joe, we're going to take our first break, man. I hope you uh, don't mind coming back with me. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about something that you should know a lot about. Uh, We're going to talk about you, man. So that's going to be our next segment. Uh, We hope you guys come back and listen to it with us. Justin Clonard here. Uh, Not the Schmidt break yet. Don't get excited. Just reminding all of our listeners to give us a review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, however you're enjoying this great podcast that Ethan has got going. Uh, Jump on there. Leave us a review. Uh, The funniest reviews I'm going to read next week. Uh, And the top review out of all those, I'm going to make sure that you get one of our first t-shirts that we produce. So hop on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen and consume this, and leave us a review. Welcome back to the second segment of episode 11 of Talking Schmidt. We're finally uh, getting into the double digits of episode numbers here. My guest uh, from the previous segment, still on with me, Joe Lincoln, a very good friend of mine. Uh, During the break... Uh, Joe and I had a conversation about two things. One, uh, Korean baseball, which we'll get to in a second. Two was uh, our wives were actually texting each other about what we were talking about um, on this. So uh, when we say that they're best friends, we truly mean that. And then I feel like sometimes they get jealous of uh, of our friendship um, because it happens so fast. And I, I just don't think they understand it. No, they've known each other longer, but they'll never have. We have, <laughs> with our connection, we each other. Like you said, we have 
when you talk about, you know, Shawn Michaels and WWE, it, there's not many people in the world that you can sit there and you run into in the very, within the first 10 minutes of a conversation you have, somehow you start talking about the WWE and your favorite wrestler. You guys share that. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty quick, you know, chemistry that, you know, that was like, there was more in motion that we were supposed to meet at some point in time. It just happened to be through our wives. Yeah, that's how I look at it, too. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the Korean Baseball League because uh, what I found out during the break was that Joe is actually a huge Korean Baseball League fan. Um, Joe, tell me everything that you have learned, You know your team that you've chosen, how they're doing, everything like that, man. Well, you know, there was only... As this was going, there was so many reruns of, you know, NCAA basketball games going on. And, you know, you already knew the outcome of it. But, of course, me as a sports fan, I was watching. And then, you know, they started saying they're going to broadcast the Korean Baseball League. And I remember the first night I was telling Katie, I was like, hey, Korean Baseball comes on at 1 o'clock, so uh, I won't be in bed tonight because I'm going to stay up and watch it. And uh, she kind of looked at me funny, and I was like, I just want live sports. But um, so before they started, I started to do research on the teams. You know, we're in the league because, uh, you know, I'm competitive. I wanted to pick the right team. I wanted to make sure I, you know, got the right guys. And um, so I did some research, and I, the NC Dinos, who were in first place, and I'm not kidding, I didn't jump on the bandwagon. I have an NC Dinos hat, and it took me, it took like four weeks for it to get here. So <laughs> uh, I, I was an NC Dinos fan from the beginning, but I looked them up, and they had a lot of young guys. They had a lot of guys that hit home runs, hit doubles, things along those lines, which is, you know, that's our style of baseball. So we like to see. And so I jumped on the bandwagon with the NC dinos from the very beginning, actually uh, with some of the guys that I play in the men's league and stuff at the golf, you know, at our country club, I, I told them from the beginning that we were NC dinos fans. And it's funny because I actually had men's league uh, golf tonight. And uh, we were talking about the dino uh, <laughs> before I, uh, you know, I got on the air with you. So uh we got some big NC Dinos fans down here in uh, Springfield, Missouri. And you know what, Ethan? Jump on the bandwagon if you want. I'm fine with it because, okay. you know, me and your boys, and I want you on because I mean, we keep joking, but if they make the championship, it's going to be hard for you not to buy tickets to Korea. I don't know if Katie's going to let me go, but I'm going to try to go, you know, go to the World Series for them. I mean, you know, just let me know. We'll figure it out. Maybe maybe we do a uh, an entire Talking Schmidt podcast from the Korean Championship. I mean, it makes sense. Who else is doing it? I mean, it, it, no one that I can think of, you know, <laughs> just the guys on ESPN, but I think we could handle it just as good as them. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. I'll, I'll jump on the bandwagon. Um, I would, you know, one person I am going to have to ask about this, though, is I'm going to have to talk to Reed and see what Reed thinks about this. Reed Harper, who was on just just previously mm-hmm. with me on episode 10, um, see if he's a Dinos fan, um, and then report back to you. So we're going to have to figure if, this out. If, if he's watching the Korean Baseball League, then he will be a Dino fan okay. because they lead the league in home runs and doubles. And which one thing that I love about I love the you know, what's uh, I mean Asian players do they all bat flip and I love it. I love bat <laughs> flips. You know, I, uh, pitchers get upset with which I mean I was a catcher and I was always on the pitcher side, but if you don't want someone to bat flip off, you don't let them hit it that far. Yeah, but like they in the Korean League, like they bat flip singles and I love it. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch so, now. I'm going to have to get my Dinos yeah, gear and watch. it's worth it. Okay. I, you've, you've sold me on watching Korean baseball. Um, my wife, very similar to your wife, so I don't know if she's going to be big on it. But then again, um, she might actually get pretty invested in it. I, I could see Callie getting invested 
and watching the dinos with me. One thing you did mention, man, that you talked about was, you know, you were a catcher. You had a, uh, you know, you, you played, um, you made it all the way up to, uh, to being drafted. Um, talk a little bit, cause here's a question, um, from Justin. I actually spoke to Justin before we did this segment. Um, and one of the questions he wanted to ask you is, you know, just what is that grind, um, like to becoming a professional baseball player and just what did it take you through your, through your entire life to really get to the point where you were able to say, like, I, I know I'm good enough to play in the pros or at least be drafted. Um, the word you used is really good. It's grind. It, it, it feels like a grind. Um, but one thing I'll say that, you know, during my time now as a coach and looking back on the thing, I would say that it's not as much grinding because if you're doing something you love to do every single day um, and something that you're really, really passionate about, you shouldn't, you know, feel like you're grinding through it. And I've come to the point now of saying you have to be so disciplined in everything that you do with every, every part of your life to be able to make it to that level. Um, cause it's, I mean, cause you got to think, you know, there's so many kids that play in high school, you know, you can go back to little league, little league, to high school, to college. There's so many players that are involved and it is a, um, you know, I don't want to say it's a 24 seven job, but it's something that's on your mind every day. And I can just remember growing up. Uh, I grew up, uh, as a basketball player. I still to this day say I was always better at basketball than I ever was baseball. Um, that's what I grew up doing my whole life. And I remember I was kind of, you know, thrown into the fire when I was like 11 years old and I was kind of forced to play baseball. Uh, my very first game, I played shortstop. I can, you know, remember it. Very first day, played shortstop, had two hits, hit like a double, made like two plays, um, had a good game. I left the game and I told my dad, I don't want to play anymore. And he's like, why not? You had a good game. And I was like, this game is boring. Can we just go play, you know, travel <laughs> basketball? Like, that's so much better. And uh, he goes, let's give it one more game and I'm going to talk to the coach about you being the catcher. And I was like, uh, I don't want to catch. I was like, and, and in my mind, and you know, not to hurt anyone's feelings or anything like that, because this isn't the case, but I was like, no, the fact it's catch. <laughs> and um, I caught the next game, and I fell in love with the game. Right, I remember I was 11 years old, and I fell in love with the game, and I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. Because you're in every pitch, you're making all kinds of decisions. You know, you control everything. And uh, so it's a... Uh, it's a thing that, you know, about that time I decided, you know, I was going to work hard, all this stuff. And, you know, I mean, every kid has the dream of, you know, aspiring to work hard, to go to college, to play. And, you know, you want to play at the next level. And uh, I always tell kids, you know, if, you know, your dream should not just be, oh, I want to play in college or, oh, I just want to, you know, get drafted and get the chance. Your dreams need to be, I want to be an all-star major league catcher or an all-star major league player because that that's how hard you have to work to even be able to get the opportunity to have those goals. I mean, if your goals aren't high enough for someone to look at you and laugh and say, you can't attain those goals, then I don't think your goals are high enough. You should always be reaching for the stars. And you know what, at times, and especially in this game of baseball, which makes it great because it's a game of failure, um, that you have to pick yourself up the next day after having a bad day. I mean, I went through ups and downs in a career, but um, it's a grind is a good way to put it, but it's one of those that, if, if it's something you want to do, you don't see it necessarily as a grind with all the working out, all the lifting, the hitting, the throwing, the maintaining your body, working on your skills. It's things that, um, you know, you don't really notice that the amount of hours you put in it until you look back. Like I do now, I look back and I was like, man, I was getting up at 6 a.m. and doing my early morning stretching, 
and lifting continued to stay flexible because I was a big catcher and I had a long toss program. And then I was going to school basketball season. I had a basketball practice till five. And then I was going and hitting until like eight o'clock at night. Wow. Like you don't like looking back now, it was just like, wow. Like I didn't realize I was actually putting that many hours in. That's awesome, man. And, and, you know, I know like you mentioned that you're coaching and you're coaching uh, at the collegiate level, but I also know because, you know, we are friends. I also know that you're actually uh, getting your sons involved now, um, which is just something that, you know, has to be a cool feeling for you um, as a dad now to share something that you do love so much uh, with Sawyer uh, and with Clark and eventually with Pierce, man, you know, tell me a little bit uh, about, you know, that journey. Cause I, it has to be somewhat different obviously, cause it is T-ball, but you know, I feel like sometimes you probably look at some of your uh, older guys and you're just like, man, some of my T-ballers probably behave a little bit better than these guys do. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, one of the coolest experiences of the, you know, being in, in college and coaching right now and with my, you know, small kids is that I'm able to, you know, bring them to the locker room, have them around the guys, have them around the players. And, uh, I've been lucky enough and blessed enough with the players that I've had. And, you know, since I've been here at Missouri state that they've embraced my kids. I mean, my kids come and hang out in the locker room and they, you know, talk to them, you know, play with them, hang out with them. Uh, you know, a cool story I always tell people, which is about Jake Berger, uh, was my first year I was here. He ended up getting drafted 11th overall in the team. After his first year of pro ball, Sawyer invited him to his birthday party. And um, Jake couldn't come to the birthday party, but he had, been, he had a day game. And as soon as he finished his day game where he went three for four home run, he FaceTimed Sawyer to tell him happy birthday. That's awesome. Um, and so that's been one of the best experience because, like, you know, so, which Sawyer is a uh, Sawyer has some coaching recruiting in him. He recruits players every year to come, be, come help at his T ball games. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of funny. He walks around the locker room and will, you know, start asking guys if they want to coach his T-ball team and, you know, what they could bring to the table. So Sawyer does his own recruiting. Um, Clark will get there, yeah. uh, but it, it's fun getting to coach him in T-ball. Uh, obviously, um, I look back and, you know, people always say it's always hard to coach your kids. And I remember, you know, my dad, you know, had coached me and I was probably more rebellious to him than I was any other coach. And I understand that now. Because uh, Sawyer listens to a lot of guys. Uh, sometimes he fights to listen to me, um, which, you know, as a coach, I'm accustomed to because, you know, every guy is taught differently. And there's times that, you know, you have certain guys in your team that you're able to get across to. So I know Coach Gutton will be like, hey, Joe, why don't you go over here and talk to this guy? He listens to you and he believes you and he trusts you. And then there's guys on the team that, you know, your other coaches kind of gravitate to. So it's easy for me to, you know, be able to you know, push him and say, Hey, go listen to, you know, your other coach over here. He's really good. Um, but a funny, funny Sawyer story. Sawyer loves sports. Yes. Um, but he loves winning. He does. He doesn't care if he scores, if he gets a hit, he only wants to win, which I love and I'm all about it. And, uh, so two years ago in basketball, we were playing and Sawyer couldn't make a shot, couldn't get it up there. And the coach, at one point in time, he, Sawyer had the ball, and his coach was yelling, shoot it, shoot it. Sawyer shoots it, misses it, and, you know, you know, goes out of bounds, things like that. At the end of the quarter, he came over and was getting a drink. and goes, Dad, you told me I always have to listen to the coach, right? And I was like, yeah, buddy, you're supposed to listen. He goes, okay, but the coach keeps telling me to shoot the ball. And he goes, and I can't make it, but I know DJ can make it. And if I pass it to DJ, he will make it and we'll win. 
And I said, buddy, you keep passing that ball to DJ. Let's make sure we win. He's like, okay, dad. (laughs) Oh man. I'm glad Sawyer's learning the lesson that I had to learn a long time ago was when I'm on a court with somebody who can shoot the ball, mainly you pass you the ball. I'm glad he's learned that at this age, uh, because sometimes it takes a little bit uh, for people to learn the lesson and they still try to shoot when they, when they shouldn't be. But, um, I love it, man. I, I love the fact that, uh, you're getting a chance to be out there with, uh, with your guys. And, um, I know that they are, uh, obviously a rambunctious house, man. You poor Katie. Um, she's the only girl in I the feel house bad right for, now. I feel bad for my wife. Yes, I do feel very bad for her. Um, we got three boys and, uh, the first two are a lot like me Yeah, and I can only imagine she has her work cut out for her. Yeah. Um, yeah, as always, uh, you know, uh, I, I look at it and I, I just think it's absolutely awesome because I've, you know, I've been able to see, you know, Sawyer grow up and, um, I've been able to see Clark grow up as well. And, uh, I just look at him and I, and I watch them out there and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I, I can tell like, you know, these, these kids are, you know, they love the game. They love the sports that they're playing. So, um, that's pretty cool, man. I, it has to be an amazing feeling, uh, for you here. Uh, one of my final questions I have for you, man, we'll go back to kind of the prospect league that you were talking about. Um, and, and like we've mentioned, you know, people are looking at, you know, places where they can, you know, keep track of sports right now. Is there a way for people who, you know, might listen to this podcast who might be interested in keeping track of the prospect league? You know, can they go to a website? Are you guys on social media? Um, will you have any streaming options, anything like that for anybody that might want to watch? Well, so the league I was supposed to was the prospect league. And so we created our own league called the Car Shield Collegiate League. Okay. Um, and that will be it um, up in St. Louis. And yes, we are working on, because like I said, it's been a full fledged us trying to figure everything out from buying uniforms to getting enough baseballs to lining up umpires. Um, there is the, they, we've talked about trying to get a live stream set up because the league uh, that we were supposed to be in provides all that. And so they didn't have to buy the equipment. And so now they're trying to find a way if we can get the equipment, if we can get a live stream set up. But uh, the name of the team that I was supposed to coach, which would be the official, is the O'Fallon Hoots. Hoots, like like an owl. Okay. Um, which it's actually a pretty sick logo. You should look it up. I was actually quite impressed whenever I saw the logo for the first time. I was kind of, you know, on the edge of, oh, we're going to be the Hoots. What are they going to look like? But the logo's sick. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, the O'Fallon Hoots, and, you know, they have a website. They have everything up. And it's, uh, we should have a live stream. I'm hoping, and I'm, we're going to have all the stats and everything that we're able to have there. And basically, you know, we're going to be running, you know, double headers, you know, four to five nights a week. And there's going to be a lot of games played up in St. Louis. So uh, we're looking forward to it and just ready to get everything going. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you taking out your time to talk with us here. I, I know we don't have a huge listening base, but um, I know that uh, it is cool to get a chance to kind of talk about you know, things that are happening in the sports world. And this is something that can definitely brighten a lot of people's, uh, you know, days knowing that there are, you know, people out there that are still pushing to try and make something happen this summer. Yeah. Well, Hey, I, I've been, you know, kind of sitting in the house getting stir crazy and anything I could do to help. And, you know, especially these kids, that's when I got into coaching because I wanted to give back. I had coaches that gave and gave back to me and helped me out. And that's what I do for these kids now is, that's my job. If you're in coaching any other reason, if you're in for, you know, accolades or things like that, if your job isn't to be 
there for the kids and the players and for the betterment of baseball, then you need to kind of reevaluate yourself. And so that's the way I look at it. And Hey, anything I can do to get these kids out there and get them playing, I'll do it. Cause that's whatever I can. All honesty, that's what everyone needs right now. We need a little bit of taken away from what's going on in our world to, you know, look back and enjoy the, you know, the, the good times in life. Absolutely. And, uh, Callie and I'll try to make it up for a game, man. You know that we always try to do a, at least one game. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Joe, as a coach, is undefeated when I am in the stands. We could have used you a lot last year in Missouri <laughs> State because we had a rough year. I was a little busy uh, this past uh, this past year um, trying to get everything situated. We had a uh, we had some good baseball teams in the uh, in the Joplin area, so I was working uh, seemed like nonstop through Kansas and Missouri last year. We had a lot of great great players and and teams in our area, so I do apologize for that, but. Um, like I said, undefeated. Even uh, even when you were coaching at SIU and came back to play Austin P, um, you still won that game too. So <laughs> as, as much as <laughs> I, that, now, now that you bring that up, I remember that. Yeah, that was a, it was a weird situation because obviously we were you know you know we're rooting on the Govs, but you know Joe's on the other side, and I looked at Callie and I was just like, man, we're not going to win this game, and she was like, how do you know? And I was like, Joe's never lost a game when I'm in the stands, so. I just, I, it's one of those things, man. So I'm going to have to definitely come up there. Let me know. Give, circle a game that you need me to be at, and we'll we'll see if we can make it happen. Well, all I'm thinking about now is as I move forward, if I ever get a head coaching job, I'm going to have to make you an assistant. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what's going to happen. Uh, like I said, I can tell jokes in the dugout. That's probably my best uh, characteristic. Um, so that's probably what, what you need to aim for me for is uh, to be, you know, I, I don't even know, motivational speaking coach? I don't know. You can throw me in somewhere like that. We'll give we'll give you some sort of title and make sure that you're full time paid too. You know, yeah. We 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 got to do it that way too. So I completely get it. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it, Joe. As always, phenomenal getting a chance to talk to you. Um, we'll have you back on in the future, man. And uh, maybe you can give us a recap and an update on the league uh, as you guys get a little bit further into it um, later on. Uh, we do have our next segment coming up. As you guys know, it's the Schmidt break. Justin's back with me. Uh, on this one and all I can say for everyone that's going to tune into this next segment buckle up it's about to be a fun ride we'll be back on the Schmidt break with the Schmidt break and on Talking Schmidt after this All right, everyone, welcome back to our final segment of episode 11 of Talking Schmidt. We are into the Schmidt break, and I have to confess, this is take two of the Schmidt break. Normally, Justin and I would be in the same room, but Justin's on the phone with me. Uh, Justin, uh, we had a, a crazy situation. I had a dart real quick after we had got about halfway recording the Schmidt break earlier, but uh, uh, are you ready to redo what we did earlier and bring the same passion? Yeah, as always, as much as I wanted to, you know, meet the demands of our fans and come to you live uh, from from the pool side with a Miller Lite, unfortunately, I am located on the back porch of Casa de Kleinert. So uh, we're coming to you live from my back deck, not pool side, but uh, we'll see what we can do for next week. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. Uh, we need to do a, a Schmidt break on Casa de Kleinert's back deck. 
if you'll bring the beer, uh, I'll throw something on the grill. That sounds good to me, man. And for those of you uh, may have forgotten earlier, we talked about on Tuesday. Justin was with us on Tuesday. He was celebrating a an anniversary with his wife, number seven. Uh, congratulations again, man, on seven years, and definitely congratulations to Amanda uh, for sticking with you for seven years of and before that too, because you obviously dated for a while before that as well. So. Um, <laughs> As I said on episode eight or nine, she's a saint. Yeah, she she's the Tom Brady or Peyton Manning of our marriage. Uh, she kind of makes those around her better. Uh, so I've just been a direct beneficiary of that. I can see that you are. Uh, who would you say you are of your marriage? Oh my goodness, uh, I, I'm I'm not crazy, so I'm not going to go with like an Antonio Brown or anything, right? Um, Man, I would say I'm probably the Gronk of the marriage. You know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a little totally wild and crazy, uh, but you can always count on me. You know, you never have to. You never have to wonder what you're going to get with me. So it's always going to be. I'm just a good possession guy. You know what I mean? You can count on me each and every time. No doubt. No worries. So one of these days, I'm going to have a. I've, I've told you this before. We're going to have merchandise for this uh, podcast because it's going to get there one day. And one of the shirts has to say, "I'm the Gronk of the marriage." Uh, it just has to. <laughs> uh, we've got a few shirt ideas now. No yeah, we're rolling with shirt ideas. We just need to make it all happen. All right, man. So the question we were talking about earlier uh, today, when we were in the car together and we were really sitting down to talk about it, was uh, something that's going on right now with the NFL was that uh, Roger Goodell spoke out earlier this week. He said uh, he he praised teams and asked teams uh, if they wanted to give Colin Kaepernick a shot. He didn't see why they shouldn't uh, do that. Now, we know everything that has gone on for the past five years now, I feel like, with Colin Kaepernick, um, you know, what do you think of this uh, this message from Roger Goodell to these uh, to these teams? Um, how do you feel? Uh, do you feel like Goodell's just trying to you know su- smooth over a situation that maybe he didn't handle uh, well the first time around or the way that he did it? Or do you think that he truly does think like, hey, let's see if this guy has what it takes um, and give him an opportunity? Well, that, that's a that's a lot to answer there. That's a that's a major question and a great one. Uh, I mean, we're gonna kind of have to peel the layers back slowly. Uh, so, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the Colin Kaepernick protest started back in what 2016, sometime in there. Yeah, I believe that was about the time frame 2015, 2016. That's about right. 16. Uh, so in 16, he started doing it. Uh, you know, I think he started doing it after he got benched, and and when he when he when he came out and first did it, uh, I believe it may have been at a preseason game or something like that. After he had been benched for like a, a third string quarterback, uh, you know, and let's not forget his record <clears throat> in 2016 was one in ten. Uh, not a good year for Colin Kaepernick, and, and I believe the you know wait, that's only what two years removed from a Super Bowl run they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. You know, let's look at, okay, he took a knee, okay, to protest a, he said he couldn't stand for a national anthem of a country that oppressed uh, minorities or something along those lines, okay? Um, You can agree or disagree with that statement. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, If somebody wants to sidebar on a political podcast, we'll get into that, And and I don't mind diving into it. Uh, but I'm not going to get into it on this podcast. We're going to stick to the basics of sports. Uh, 
But that said, so he, he's protesting he can't stand for the anthem because he's not going to stand for a country that oppresses minorities. And then that turns into, you know, police violence. And then that turns into him supporting communists. And then that turns into him supporting Marxism. There's, the guy has no convictions of his beliefs. I, I don't think Colin Kaepernick knows what he wants. Um, I think he wants to try to be a Muhammad Ali, and, he, and he's not going to be that. Uh, you know, ultimately, you know, at the time, you know, nobody knew if Muhammad Ali was right or not. Ultimately, as history always proves us, Muhammad Ali was on the right side of history. You know, his, his famous remarks, you know, I ain't got no beef with the Viet Cong. You know, he was right. You know, we shouldn't have been over there. And, and time proved that he was right. I think time's going to prove that Colin Kaepernick's in wrong. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again on this podcast and, and in my personal life. We have way more in common than we do in different. America is an absolutely ex- exceptional country. And, and Colin Kaepernick's just trying to be a martyr, and he didn't fit the bill. I think he's got a major identity crisis, you know, because, you know, he is a minority, and, and he was adopted as a baby into a white suburban family. So I don't think Colin Kaepernick really knows his identity, and I think that's part of what you're seeing now. He just doesn't know what he believes, and nothing he believes it really is of any merit, and there's no facts to back it up. Um, so that said with Colin Kaepernick, now we'll go back to him playing football, okay? Um, so he was given a chance to try out about a year ago. They In Atlanta, they had this big, big workout set up for him, multiple teams set to attend. And at the last minute, Colin Kaepernick flips the script, and he wants to go to a high school. He wants to allow his media in. He wants to allow his camera crews to film everything. That doesn't sound like a guy to me who wants to get back into the NFL. You know, you we all know the average NFL career is like three and some change years on average. So you have a short window to capitalize on your abilities. And I think he knows his window is closed. He's somewhere in his early 30s, which is still a young guy, but not at the quarterback position, hasn't taken a snap in four years. You know, we see how hard it is for guys to come back after an injury just after a year, you know, so – I don't think he has what it takes. I think he knows that. And I don't think he wants to play. I think this is just virtue signaling from Roger Goodell. And it's just empty. I think we're going to find out. And, again, I think history is going to prove me right in this statement. Woke culture is not going to win. It's just not. All this virtue signaling that all these major companies are doing, they're trying to stay woke. Listen, I'm telling you right now, if you stay woke, you're going to go broke. The average American, regardless of skin color, thinks that everything going on right now is just ludicrous. You have 2% of Americans that are on social media, and everybody is bending the knee to them right now. And, and, and long term, it's not successful. You look at the NFL ratings, they took a freaking hit. If that hit continues year after year, these salaries get smaller. You know, these players aren't going to get paid what they want to get paid. In my opinion, the NFL, for the money that they bring in and the grade of product they put on the field, are way, way underpaid when you look at the NBA and and MLB. They're way underpaid. So I think they do deserve more money. But, you know, that said, if, if they continue to lose revenue because they decide to protest like they did in 2017, it's not going to be good you know, long-term for the NFL. And, and, you know, I think they're going to see that again this year if they let them do it. Um, you know, personally, I, you know, I'm a patriotic person. Uh, but I think if, you, if you're the NFL, you're just going to have to do what you did last time that the kneeling became a big issue. And you just don't show it on TV. 
when it hurts your ratings, don't show it. Uh, you know, and I don't think they'll continue to, they, they may just stop it altogether as part of the pre-grade activities. Uh, but, you know, then again, they may keep it. I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to show it and air it. Uh, there were players that milled last year. You just didn't hear about it because they knew the effect it had on their ratings. I just think it's a huge, huge gesture of virtue signaling on the behalf of Roger Goodell. Long answer there, so I'm going to have to stop and take a drink of beer for you to reset, if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that I guess we'll roll into here is that there are eight teams that a lot of people are saying could use a guy like Colin Kaepernick, if, as you mentioned, if he is ready to go. If he has, you know, like you said, it's been four years since he's taken a pro snap in a game situation, which, you know, that doesn't bode well for anyone. Um, but there are eight landing spots. I know that uh, one of those was to be a backup in Baltimore for a guy like Lamar Jackson. Um, Tennessee's on that list. Uh, but I, the, the, the part that I thought a team that really, you know, looked at it and said that they would love to have him were, uh, was Los Angeles, the Chargers. And I think that would be a, a good home for him if he does decide to go through with it, if he does decide to play um, in this season. Because as I've mentioned before, and as we know, the Chargers, and we'll get into it further, obviously, as we get closer to the start of the season, the Chargers right now, they, they have Tyrod Taylor, um, and they ja uh, they drafted Justin Herbert from Oregon. Um, so you don't really have a true depth at quarterback because if Tyrod Taylor goes down, you're having to throw your rookie into fire, and I, I don't think that's what they're trying to do with Justin Herbert. I think they want him to have some time to uh, kind of train and work. If you are Colin Kaepernick, are you, are you taking that invite if they uh, ask you to come in, or do you feel the Chargers could be a good fit for him? So, like I've said, I don't think he wants to play football anymore. I, I think he's comfortable in this martyr role. Uh, but for the sake of conversation, let's pretend he wants to play football. If he goes somewhere, so with with the leftist culture that he is a part of, um, you can't win. So, you know, it doesn't stop. The, the media coverage doesn't stop at Colin Kaepernick getting a shot in the NFL. It doesn't start if it doesn't stop when Colin Kaepernick, you know, is a backup quarterback. It, it doesn't stop when he's a starting quarterback. I don't know that it stops until he wins a Super Bowl and is in the Hall of Fame. So a team that takes this on has a huge responsibility. Um, if he sits behind a quarterback that isn't a minority quarterback, that's going to be the first thing people bring up. They're going to say, well, he's not – if that quarterback has a poor game, oh, well, they're not going to put Colin Kaepernick in there because they're racist. So, so there is no winning with that leftist culture. So you're never going to make them happy. Like I said, the only thing that I think would make them happy is if Kaepernick was a starting quarterback on a team that won a Super Bowl, and then maybe if he got in the Hall of Fame, then I think maybe it would stop. Uh, so it's a huge, huge, huge problem for a team to take on. And I don't think any team's going to take that risk. Um, I sure don't think the coach of the Chargers is. He, he's a straight football guy. You know, they've got Tyrod Taylor, who I think really hasn't been given – I think if he could have been given the reins five or six years ago in his career of a team and really had an offense built around him, I think he could have been a top 15 quarterback. Uh, so I love Tyrod Taylor. I, I really believe in him. Uh, of course, he's not the answer long-term in L.A. now. Uh Justin Herbert is. And if Herbert, I would assume, would probably be starting by week six of the NFL season. 
so I, you know, as much interest as the Chargers show, I don't think they're interested. I don't think the Titans are. I really don't think there's any. If you were to just sit down honestly with a team owner, a team general manager, or a team ball coach, I think it's going to be consensus across the board. I don't think anybody's interested in it. Do you believe what Pete Carroll had to say about it, where he said when they brought him in, um, they didn't see him as a backup, they saw him as a starter, and because they had Russell Wilson, uh, that they didn't need him, but he looks back at that and regrets that because he feels like he could have still been on the team. Do you feel like that was maybe uh, Pete, I guess the way that Pete kind of phrased it, or do you feel that uh, Pete's kind of telling the truth there? Do you believe that he actually thought that when, when Kaepernick came in to uh, – to uh, I guess it was camp for them and working out with the Seahawks. So sometimes in life, when when you see it, you got to call it what it's worth. It's bullshit. That's all it is. But with Pete Carroll, it's complete bullshit. I don't believe him one bit. Uh, he he's just again, this is virtue signaling. He's just trying to appease people. And listen, after the mess that Pete Carroll had USC and after he left there. Uh, you know, he, he didn't take that NFL job to to try new things or to broaden his horizons. He took it because he's seen the writing on the walls of USC. So he, he left USC in a bad spot. And, and I'm not – some football fans may forget that, but I'm not going to. Uh, so I, I'm not going to take Pete Carroll at his word. Uh, you know, the Seahawks are not going to win a Super Bowl as long as Pete Carroll's the head coach. And as, they may with Russell Wilson at quarterback, but I'll be surprised. They, they've way overpaid at the quarterback position. Uh and they're they're just not that great of a team. They're, they're going to be you know they're going to be a perennial playoff team, but that's pretty much it. They're they're not a Super Bowl contender. I, I don't believe anything that he says when it comes to Colin Kaepernick. All right. Well, you heard it here from Justin. His thoughts on what's going on with Colin Kaepernick. We'll have to see what happens because obviously we're still waiting for training camps to start up. So we'll see if Justin is proven right about if Colin does show up for a training camp. Uh, this has been the Schmidt break. It's been a, a good one. It's been uh, as as you guys know when you listen to the Schmidt break. It's it's a lot of Justin and a few questions thrown in. So Justin, as always, man, we appreciate you uh, jumping in and chiming in and. Um, the, uh, the correct opinions with Justin Kleinert, as you like to call it, uh, has, (laughs) has been another, uh, another good, uh, finish line to this episode. Again, we remind everyone that you can jump on social media, false at, at underscore talking Schmidt on Twitter and on Facebook at talking Schmidt podcast. And, uh, this episode's all wrapped up. We hope that you guys see us and uh, listen to us again next week on Tuesday. We'll have more action and more talking Schmidt.